Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, September 7th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, teachers in Mississippi remain under financial strain despite a recent pay raise, according to a new report. Then about a third of Southerners have trouble paying their power bills. There's a federal program to help cover the costs, but not enough funding. Plus, we speak with a local educator named National Broadcast Advisor of the Year. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A new report shows inflation has negated much of the teacher pay raise Mississippi lawmakers passed last year. In 2022, teachers received a substantial salary increase that primarily benefits new educators. But since that raise made its way into their paychecks, many teachers say they're still struggling to make ends meet. Torn Ballard is the K-12 policy director for Mississippi First, a nonprofit education group. He tells our Lacey Alexander about their new report called Falling Behind Teacher Compensation and the Race Against Inflation. I think a lot of people don't understand what it's like to be a teacher, both how difficult of a job it is and also what it's like to live on a teacher's salary. And the type of data that's available to us just doesn't really give us a great idea about what it actually is like to be a teacher. And if we ever want to be able to fully address the Mississippi critical teacher shortage that districts are facing all across the state, I think it's really going to require actually learning what it's like to be a teacher, both how hard the job is and how low the pay is. So a little over two years ago, we partnered with the Survey Research Lab at Mississippi State University. Um, We wrote up a questionnaire that we wanted to ask teachers And Survey Research Lab went up and um, emailed teachers. We gave them a list. We wound up surveying the first survey, about one in five teachers from around the state. We uh, did a follow-up survey this past year, and that's what the policy brief is based on. And we surveyed about another 1,000 Mississippi teachers from every corner of the state. And we asked questions, everything ranging from teachers' financial well-being, to their career plans, to their backgrounds, you know, how they became teachers. Um, So it's a very long, comprehensive survey to really just give us an idea about who are in classrooms today, what their life is like financially, and what they're thinking about doing for the rest of their career. 
One big finding that was in here is that inflation is indeed impacting uh, teacher pay and the retention of teachers. Mississippi did just pass uh, a recent teacher raise. However, with teacher raises, we found often come spikes in the cost of insurance or somehow that raise is negated one way or another. Did you guys look into the circumstances surrounding that raise when you did this report? Yeah, so we actually had the luck of doing this teacher survey both before and after that raise went into effect. So the very first iteration of the teacher survey, what we released our last report on, that was describing what the conditions that teachers were facing before that raise even went into effect. Found widespread financial insecurity amongst teachers. We found plenty of teachers who were very eager to leave the classroom. And most importantly, we found a connection between those two factors. If you're struggling financially, you're more likely to be looking for a better paying professional opportunity. When we did the follow-up survey, we actually found very similar results again. So most Mississippi teachers continue to struggle to afford basic necessities like housing and health care. And this financial insecurity is one of the major drivers behind our state's critical teacher shortage. And in your research, Torin, how does Mississippi fare against other states? I know in a report that we interviewed you about a few months ago, we talked about how easy it was for Mississippi teachers to move one state over and have a better reality of life. Is that true in the reportings that you found here? Well, let me start off by giving the legislature a little bit of credit by passing that $5,000 pay raise last year. After passing that pay raise, by my own calculations, Mississippi was no longer last in the nation in teacher pay. We had started to leapfrog over states like Arkansas, like Florida, West Virginia. I mean, obviously, it's good from a recruitment standpoint, but I think it was also just a good message to send to teachers in Mississippi that we value them. But unfortunately, you know, offering a competitive salary, that's not a one-time investment. And all of these other states, they understand that very well. I'll give one example here of Arkansas, right across the Mississippi River. They have also historically been a relatively low-paying state in terms of teacher pay. And we finally leapfrogged them last year. But, you know, Arkansas did. They passed a giant teacher pay bill earlier this year. They raised the starting salary from $36,000 to $50,000. And they even started offering a bonus of up to $10,000 if you want to go teach in a high-demand area. So if you take a a first-year teacher in Arkansas and you give them that full-time bonus, they can actually earn more than a Mississippi teacher with 30 years of experience. So they're paying teachers in Arkansas more than veteran teachers are here in Mississippi. So while we briefly were able to get ahead about some of these other lagging states, they've now caught up. Priority one on this new report for you was providing Mississippi teachers with an across-the-board raise that outspaces inflation or outpaces inflation. I'm sorry. Um, when you look at the math of that, what kind of number are we looking at that could potentially outpace some really crazy inflation rates we're seeing this year? We are currently advocating for a five thousand dollar across-the-board teacher pay raise. That is a similar level to what teachers received a year ago. And I'm sure some people are going to hear that number and think, are you crazy? We just invested all these millions of dollars to give teachers these raises. But if you look at inflation, those numbers, 
the prices that teachers are paying for everyday goods and services have been rising faster than that teacher pay raise last year did. So at this point, record inflation has completely negated the impact of that 2022 teacher pay raise. And right now, Mississippi teachers are actually earning on an inflation-adjusted basis less than any point in the 21st century. So Mississippi teacher pay is at a century low. By my own calculations, if we were to give a $5,000 raise to Mississippi teachers in the coming year, we'd finally be able to give them a real raise that actually increases their buying power. You know, we can look at non-inflation adjusted figures over time. You can say, oh, well, teachers haven't, you know, they've gotten a $20,000 raise over the last 20 years. But when we talk about teacher salaries, this is not existing in some sort of alternate universe where inflation doesn't exist. Even as we move past the most recent hyperinflationary environment, prices are still rising. So at the very least, we need at least a $1,500 pay raise just for Mississippi teacher pay to be flat from this current year. If we don't have a raise that meets the level of inflation, that's the equivalent of a pay cut. And that's what Mississippi teachers are actually experiencing during the current school year. And it's not going well for them. That's Torn Ballard, K-12 Policy Director at Mississippi First. In part two of our conversation with Ballard. If we want to turn around some of these low-performing districts, the number one thing that they need is a steady supply of high-quality teachers in those districts who are willing to stick around and do that hard work. That's tomorrow. Coming up, many folks are struggling to pay their utility bills. There is federal aid available, but not enough for everyone in need. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. On the next Chalkboard Chat podcast episode. And today, I'm super excited to be talking to Mississippi's Secretary of State, Michael Watson, about his student ambassador program. Having that opportunity to build those relationships is something I do not take for granted, and I'm really excited about that through the ambassador program. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Where do you turn for help when your power bill doubles? That's the question we're exploring in our latest utility bill of the month, where we look at what's going wrong with our utilities one bill at a time. Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom reports on a program meant to provide help and how it fell short for a family of new farmers in Alabama. Being a new farmer means a lot of learning, both on the technical side, like how to process chickens, and on the emotional side, like how to process chickens. Well, how you feel about that? First time doing it, you're getting a little close to them? I don't know. I'm going to see how I feel because, like, I've raised them, like, from little baby chicks. You, you didn't make the mistake of naming them, did you? My kids did. Oh, no! <laughs> Delabriel Currihurst lives about an hour southwest of Birmingham in this rural home with her wife and two kids. It's not a big farm few chickens and pigs, 
But Curry Hurst wants to teach her kids to be self-sufficient. Just the idea that they see us going to get eggs every day is leaving the impression that I don't have to go to Walmart. You can go buy a chicken. But that self-sufficiency got tested last January when she got a big monthly power bill. More than 700 bucks, almost double what they paid last winter. It was a huge hit for us because we are both on a fixed income. We're disabled veterans. So it's not like I could just go to work and work some overtime and, you know, fix that. At first, she ignored the bill. Because I wanted to cry, and I talked to my therapist about it, and she was like, okay, don't cry about it. Call Alabama Power. I'm like, okay, I'll call. So she did, hoping to figure out what went wrong with her bill. She didn't know anything she did differently this year that explains the price jump. And the person she gets at Alabama Power said, hey, you should reach out to your local community action group. They're helping cover people's bills. So Curry Hurst made the drive to the community service programs of West Alabama. Yes, because I needed a face-to-face conversation. <laughs> so as soon as I got in there, the lady was like, we're out of funds. Out of funds. So no money left to help her. The program Curry Hurst was looking to get aid from is called LIHEAP, the Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program. As the name implies, it helps pay for the power bills for people with low incomes. LIHEAP is a critical program. William Bryan is with the Southeast Energy Efficiency Alliance. And I want to like really stress that it is one of the few stop gaps that we have for these kinds of issues. The main issue being one out of three people in the South having trouble paying their power bills. So Brian was not surprised Curry Hurst was told the money had run out. The scale of the problem is huge, and the scale of the funding that is being deployed to address the problem is not. In Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, only about 12% of people eligible for LIHEAP help actually got it in 2021. That's according to the Rocky Mountain Institute. The Energy Advocacy Group added that to cover everyone who qualifies, the program would need billions more from Congress. That's a tough sell for politicians looking to cut spending. Well, the thing about utility bills is they, they get paid one way or another. Joseph Daniels is with the Rocky Mountain Institute, and he says if it's not LIHEAP covering the utility's expenses for low-income customers, the utility will get the money by raising rates on everyone. So either way, we're all covering the bill, either as taxpayers or electricity customers. It's a matter of whether it comes at the cost of somebody being disconnected, at the cost of somebody having to make the decision to not eat food or not deliver medicine, or whether we give them the funds directly so that they can pay it themselves and prevent those those outcomes. The Biden administration added more than $1.5 billion in LIHEAP funding this year, and the program also got big cash injections throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. And because of that, the West Alabama Community Action Group says they haven't run out of funds in years. So it's not clear why Curry Hurst was told the group had no money left to help her. When we called asking why Curry Hurst was turned away, a director said they would reach out to her directly. But for Curry Hurst's wife, Tyronda, the biggest problem is not a lack of funds. My issue with Alabama Power was that when you call, they will come to you and say something like, well, you know, community action is paying bills. Okay, but I didn't ask you for help to pay the bill. I said, why is my bill this high? Alabama Power did not directly answer questions about how it determines responsibility for an abnormally high bill. That is, whether there's something wrong with the company's equipment or something wasting power on the customer side. But in an emailed statement, the company says a customer service rep can talk through what could be causing a higher bill on the customer's end. 
Tiandra said that didn't happen for her and her family. They were just directed to Lyheap to pay the bill. <laughs> Even though it's still hot out, Delabrio Currihurst says they're prepping for winter. That's another lesson she learned about being a farmer. Plan well ahead. That also means she's thinking and worrying about the potential for another expensive winter bill. And that's the concern that I have because we're not going to be able to do that again. Now they did get 200 bucks from a veterans group to help pay for that last expensive bill, but she says they've never been ones to ask for much help, which makes it all the more frustrating to be turned away when they do. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha. The Gulf States Newsroom is a partnership between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public radio stations in Alabama and Louisiana. If you've gotten a utility bill that seems out of the norm and would like to share your story, contact our news team through our website, mpbonline.org. Coming up, a local educator is recognized as the National Broadcast Advisor of the Year. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio, whatever your taste, news, music, storytelling, or how-to shows. Whatever your city, Gulfport, Fernando, Meridian, Greenville. However you want, radio, smart speaker, smartphone app, MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays only on MPB Think Radio. You can participate in the local MPB Think Radio programs this morning with phone calls and emails. At 9 on Creature Comforts, we'll talk about your animals and the animals around you. Get answers to your automotive repair questions on AutoCorrect at 10. And at 11, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens deals with the health of your children. MPB's next Workforce Wednesday program is Wednesday, September 20th. Our speaker is Dorlisa Hutton from SR1, making education, health, and technology available for all. She'll share information about her organization and the Beginning Farmers Program for New Farmers. Register to participate in person or virtually for the next Workforce Wednesday event from the Education tab on mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. A teacher from Madison, Mississippi, is named the 2023 National Broadcast Advisor of the Year. Terry Casarino, who works at St. Joseph's Catholic School in Madison, helps students understand the career path of broadcasting and provides them with the skills. He says it's an honor to receive this recognition from the Journalism Education Association. I was surprised. You know, uh, I think what's what's really intriguing about this award is that here we are, uh, a small school, St. Joseph Catholic School. We got about 400 students in grades seven through 12, uh, and we're being recognized on a national scale 
for a program that we have that's uh, I would argue is is the best high school student media program in the state of Mississippi. And then on top of that, uh, another colleague of mine up in Tupelo, Katrina uh, Berry, uh, Ivy Berry, who's uh, teaching the journalism program up there, she was also recognized nationally by the Journalism Education Association as a rising star. So to have two Mississippians and Mississippi educators recognized for the work they do in the classroom is, uh, I think it's pretty significant for the state of Mississippi. Did you work in broadcasting or journalism? I spent, um, let's see, from 1985 to the year 2000, I was with the Sun-Herald in Biloxi. uh, And out of those uh, 15 years, 13 years, I spent covering the state capitol year-round, legislature, politics, state government. And then I was at Madison County Journal for about eight months after that, then moved over to Meridian, where I ran the newsroom in Meridian for four years at the Meridian Star, and then at the Habsburg American uh, for a year. That was during Katrina. Uh, After that, I I got into uh, uh, media consulting and political consulting, uh, working with uh, organizations like the Housing Authority of New Orleans, the uh, Mississippi Democratic Party and Better Mississippi Group, which was a public policy organization. Um, So I was doing that until the year 2011 when I took a job teaching at St. Joseph Catholic School. Do they have their own TV and radio studio? Sort of. uh, When I I started working here, I was teaching English for a year, and then they offered me uh, a chance to teach journalism based on my background and experience. And I took over a program that was... uh, really weak. Uh, the the uh, newspaper was, was very juvenile, wasn't much substance to it. Yearbook was not that strong. That was pretty much all they had. So I came in and decided, you know, if I was going to teach this, I was going to rebuild the program from the ground up and focused on, on fixing the newspaper, then working on the yearbook. And then in 2016, we started adding a broadcast element. And the first thing we added was a streaming radio station, webcast live, all of our football games, uh, home and away. And uh, that went over real well to the point that in 2016, we decided to add a video element uh, and we decided to do a weekly newscast. And that took off. And that's what really took off in, in, in this broadcast program. So we, we uh, developed that. Today we have a weekly newscast that comes out on Fridays. Uh, students produce that. They, they do news, weather, and sports, and they have a news package, and usually a sports package or a features package. And it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel called Bruin News Now, B-R-U-I-N News Now. This year we started producing a Monday sports preview, which is called What's Bruin at the Joe. On Wednesdays we have a, a, what's called the BNN Midweek Pause, and that's to um, is our, our, our mascots are Bruins, so we kind of did a play on words. That's just a brief news update and teases our Friday newscast. And then Fridays is Bruin News Now, our full-length newscast, which comes out on Fridays. We've been named the best high school newscast twice in Mississippi by the Mississippi Scholastic Press Association, and we've been a finalist for the award for about at least uh, six or seven years in, in the running. Okay. So it, it's, a, it's a really good high school newscast kids play the part they, they, they go on camera wearing coat and tie uh, the ladies wear dresses and business now let me ask you this yeah. the students that you work with do you have mm-hmm. to train them on equipment and everything um editing yeah, and, and, and all of that 
that's part of the as part of the curriculum in the class is I get them up to speed on what I'm looking for, what I expect them to do, uh, how I expect them to assemble stories. We work. I work with the kids and tell them how to frame stuff, how to shoot video, what I'm looking for, how to shoot sound bites, how to do interviews, how to edit video using. We use Final Cut Pro, and they do all the work. They go out and, and film the newscast. They write the scripts. They um, shoot their packages. Uh, they come in and assemble the newscast on on uh, before Friday morning because it goes up Friday mornings on YouTube. After we uh, air it, after they finish putting it together, we, we come to class and critique it. Terry Casrino, the journalism teacher and advisor at St. Joseph's Catholic School in Madison, Mississippi, has been named National Broadcast Advisor of the Year by the Journalism Education Association at the University of Kansas. And it's been a pleasure to hear about all that you're doing to educate students in a variety of skills. Well, thank you very much for your time and for um, uh, speaking with me about this. I'm, I'm happy to, to share what we do here at St. Joseph Catholic School and, and the great work that, that our students here do and the quality of the kids that they come to our school. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.